Hey, maybe when the master killed her, some mystical bad guy transference thing happened. That's what it was. I mean, why else would she be acting with such a B-I-T-C-H? Well, I, I think we're all a little too old to be spelling things out. A bitka? So welcome to the Does Buffy Suck podcast. Who knows, maybe this is your first episode because you're like, hey, this is when I like Buffy and this is the show that I like. So maybe I started listening to the podcast that's reviewing season two. So our basic thing is me and Michael, my name is Keith, uh, we watched Buffy back in the day and we're all into it. And Julian saw it here and there, dribs and drabs, spits and spats. He's got a pretty... Uh, medium level of Buffy knowledge. Hello, I'm Julian. I'm Mike. And then Rayanne, uh, she knows some about Buffy now, but only this season one stuff that we've forced her to watch <laughs> and the movie. I'm a little Buffy baby. So yeah, this is an exciting time because this is what we've been talking about since the get-go, since the inception of this podcast is like, hey, you know, season one's the homework, you know, it's like you kind of got to watch it, but really season two is is the thing. And we finally got there. And I remember saying, like, you know, hey, it's going to, it might not change overnight, you know, like, you know, it takes a little time for the ship to turn around or for shows to change or blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to, like, push it too hard. But right away, I just felt like something was different here where I had so much more fun watching this. Like, this feels like the Buffy show that I remember. This is it. So this is where it's going to be interesting now with the does Buffy suck talk <laughs> is before it's like, yeah, sure, some of it sucks, some of it's okay, but who cares because it's season one. Now it's like if Buffy sucks, it's like, uh-oh, because this is Buffy. Like, there's no more excuses. This is the show. Like, I was surprised how it's still the same show. It's still just high school Buffy nonsense. But to me, it just feels better. It feels different somehow. And, and I was glad. Yeah. It definitely did feel like a different show. Like, it felt like a completely different show to me. Um, I didn't like the show that much up till now, and I still don't like it that much. (laughs) 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 But I will continue to watch. Yeah, well, the good thing is, like, now I feel like there's at least hope that there was, again, like, when I first saw Buffy, and, like, Mike had a similar thing of, like, there's just something about it you're like hmm there's something going on here but it still does take a little time for it to grow on you like a mold but now at least that could possibly happen there was no hope of that happening until now yeah yeah so yeah that would be the ultimate thing is like if this hits the point where it's like instead of feeling like homework it feels like something you actually want to do you actually want to watch Buffy hopefully that'll happen Mm. but this is like where I can feel those little first little spores forming on the old piece of bread that is <laughs> Buffy. My metaphors are not great. I have like most nights of the week I have something that I do for fun but also there's work to it like I've got like a sketch team I meet with weekly. I've got an improv team. I've got a class like every night I have something so this is one of my Sunday things and it feels the same. It feels like it's very fun because I get to hang out with my friends but that also there's um, a stressful part to it still. <laughs> oh, yeah. I couldn't wait to watch this episode. I was so glad to be done with season one. And then the movie was even worse. <laughs> yeah. And then now we're like, oh, now we're watching good stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Well, this could too just be this is how much I've like drunk the Buffy Kool-Aid because even thinking this where I'm like, how would I describe this? And this sounds like just a raving lunatic Buffy fan where before I felt like it was a bad teen show because it was the best they could do. And now it's a bad teen show because this is what they want to do. Like, <laughs> like it's a choice now. Before it was just a sad reality that this is all they could manage. Or uh, 
like another way I was thinking about it is it felt like there was no headroom before. Like we were at the limits of where this show was going to go. Where now it's not that it's that different of a show, but there's it just feels like there's space above us. There's places this can go. Where before I had no feeling that there was anywhere it could go except another stupid adventure of the week that meant nothing. <laughs> so I just feel like I'm like waiting the whole episode for the battle to happen. And I don't like battles anyway. I like drama and relationships and, like, shit between humans. Yeah, there's plenty of that. And there was even yeah. some of that in this episode. But th- in general, the show is definitely... For sure. There's a good balance. Yeah, although there is going to be pretty much a fight scene every episode, unfortunately. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the... Of yeah. course, that's the point of it. But I was, like, like watching the clock being like, damn, we're, like almost at the end and there's no fight yet what's going on like and i knew it had to happen and yeah the fights are pretty lame i don't know that anybody tunes into buffy for the fights it's just yeah just a weird thing that they kind of had to do i guess Hmm. man the french title for the show because i've gotten so deep into the instagram hole that i'm following all the foreign buffy accounts and they're following me back and stuff and i had a brief little conversation in french with some french buffy fan and i was like oh cool i think that's a tete-a-tete a tete-a-tete yeah i'm finally using my french but it's called buffy contre les vampires which is just buffy versus the vampires so it's like yeah they gotta i guess they gotta fight but yeah the fights are never the good part of the show mm, good to know which could be morally against the vampires yeah <laughs> yeah so this episode was called When She Was Bad. It aired on September 15th, 1997. So it actually wasn't a huge gap. I mean, I guess just the normal summer gap between last season and this season. But different enough that we got a whole new array of pop culture nonsense going on for top movies and top songs and stuff. All right. I was looking forward to this. So the top movie, uh, it's hard to do hints for the movies. I don't know. So there was this movie called Seven. One of the greatest movies of the 90s. Yeah. And then there was a movie called Fight Club, also one of the greatest movies of the 90s. And then in the middle, that same director made a movie that was not one of the greatest movies of Panic the 90s. Panic Room. No, Panic Room was after Alien Fight Club. 3. Alien 3 was before 7. Uh, You're so close. There's only one more. Damn it. It has Michael Douglas in it. The Game. No. The Game. Oh, it That's is The right. Game. Yeah, yeah. The Game, yeah. <laughs> David yeah. Fincher's most forgettable film. Like I forgot. I remember that movie actually pretty well, but I forgot that he directed it. Yeah, like Alien 3 had problems, but I do think The Game is his worst movie. So, uh, hey, that was number one this week. Good for him. <laughs> but... <laughs> he did both 7 and um, Fight Club? Yeah. Yeah, he he fucking ruled the 90s. Like, incredible. Like, Seven was, like, my favorite movie, and then Fight Club was, like, my favorite movie. The game was not ever my favorite movie. (laughs) So, nor was Panic Room. He's got his ups and downs, you know. Uh, The top album, let's see. So, there was a... A uh, very famous rap man who passed away. Biggie. It's, oh, Biggie it's, uh, it's Faith Evans and Puff Daddy. Uh, Every breath you give take. Me, give me my m- money, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan just nailed it. Yeah, it's uh, the top album. Are you sure it wasn't the one that I said? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been if Biggie was still alive. I'm sure that would have been. <laughs> uh, yeah, Puff Daddy and the Family's No Way Out album is the top album. And the top song in Europe, I'll Be Missing You by Puffy. Uh, however, America and Canada had, uh, this is one of our many famous cut scenes, but last week me and uh, Rayanne had a debate about this particular songstress and how awesome she is. Mariah Carey! Yeah, I just, I, we had a big thing about like how I didn't really like Mariah Carey and I just cut it because like, what is the point? Anyway, uh, what do you think her song in 1997 was uh Number one. Uh, all I want for Christmas is you. Well, it is September. Heartbreaker? Oh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> guess not that one. It's called Honey? I don't know that song. Honey, okay, yeah. 
I know, honey. That's the pop cultural landscape of uh, September 1997. All right, I'm in it now. I'm in it. Yeah, things progressed a little. So Buffy's been in L.A. all summer with her dad. So even though we don't see Buffy's dad, I think that counts as a Buffy's dad reference. We saw saw Buffy's dad. Yeah, he was in it. He was talking to Joy and when he was packing. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this brings up another, if you happen to be a new listener, this is going to be a recurring theme that all of my notes completely avoid talking about Buffy's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you're right. He wasn't this episode. So yeah, that's a rare appearance by Buffy's dad. There's not going to be a ton, but you know, let's yeah. savor them while we can. Yeah, I think we were. I think I remember saying the last time we saw him that I was like, I'm pretty sure he never shows up again. Yeah. And then immediately was proven wrong. Because <laughs> it's nice to know that technically she does have a dad. You know, I mean, since this whole show is basically about how Giles becomes her dad, you know, it's like she does have a dad. He just is negligent and is in a different city. <laughs> so. Yeah. So uh, Xander and Willow have had a nice boring summer with no monsters, so that's good. And uh, they have a nice little tender moment, you know? It's like, oh, are things happening between Xander and Willow? But then it's interrupted by a vampire. <laughs> so, you know, new season begins. Very strange. But then luckily the vampire is interrupted by Buffy, who has a cool new haircut. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then over the summer, the gang buried the master's bones. Yeah, it is a little weird. Buffy just took right off. She just took off for L.A. and left everybody else to deal with these vampire bones. Yeah. Uh, they did a little ceremony and stuff. And they asked Buffy if she's seen Giles yet. And she's like, I'll see him at school. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. You're setting some boundaries with the creepy library man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's not just, you're not just always hanging out with them. It would be weird to meet up with your librarian over the summer. <laughs> Especially if it's to bury bones in a cemetery. (laughs) Yeah, especially that way. So at the school, Principal Snyder's still around, so that's cool. And he compares the children to locusts, so he's good old Snyder. He hasn't changed any. Uh, Miss Callender's also got a new haircut. It's not as good as Buffy's. (laughs) And I guess we're just setting the scene of which characters are still around. Yeah, there's a lot of hair changes. I looked up Miss Callender briefly just to see what else she did. And, man, she had a weird career. She was, like, a lead dancer for Prince for, like, some time. That whole period where he, like, didn't have it. He had changed his name and he wasn't talking to the press. Like, she was one of the random women that would just speak for him when he had to do stuff. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then she became an actor and did some actor stuff. And then she became a super Christian and uh, stopped acting. And now she does Christian stuff. So... It's quite a life. <laughs> Christian stuff. I guess you can say she's uh, not hanging a corkscrew from her belt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those days are long done. That is a symbol of a floozy. Everyone knows it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, too, uh, this, this just in, uh, I mean, I don't think we've talked about this <laughs> at all <laughs> since <laughs> the first season. Yeah. <laughs> this just in. The theme song still slaps. Yeah. It really yeah. does. It really does. So anyway, I just wanted to put point that out um, as my new ongoing segment, Does This Theme Song Slap? Sure does. Yes. And it's still got, there's this thing where uh, that like midway through season one, they switched up the clips that were in the opening montage. And one of them is like Willow screaming and it just fits perfectly into the music. And I just remember like later in the show, they switch up the clips again and they take that out. And it always sounds weird from here on in to not have that scream in the music. So also enjoy the scream while you can. I always look forward to that with shows I watched, like, that when they were on. And, like, when I waited on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. to watch a show, I was always excited to see what clips they replaced in the, the what is that called? Intro? 
title cards, whatever they are. Yeah, like I always notice it with like wrestling. That's how you can tell <laughs> who they give a shit about is which wrestler is in the opening. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, it's cool. And it's like, yeah, it's funny because it's the beginning of the season and they used a bunch of new clips, but it's like always all from the first couple episodes because that's whatever they had done at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, even in that, I remember there was a, there's a bunch of clips in this new intro that are just from that same episode. So Giles tells us that the Hellmouth's closed, but the mystical energies still remain. And <laughs> he's like, "That was so funny." They were like, "We must explain why this is still happening, even yeah. though everything got tied up in a neat little package." Yeah, he's like, "According to my research, uh, I uh, estimate six seasons or so until <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the energies disperse." <laughs> Uh, Buffy does a little stunt double training montage. Like, it's so obvious that this is her stunt double. It doesn't even look remotely like her. I think it's also because she really only... Like, I think they got Buffy's stunt double in season one where she was, like, just noticeably... I think the term I used was uh, more buxom. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds right. She just was curvier in season one, and she lost a bunch of weight and never gained it back. So her stunt double always looks weird from here on in. You'd be like, oh, well, that's the stunt double because that's a completely different body type. But I did not notice that whatsoever. <laughs> Very interesting that... <laughs> no way. Even she was like flipping around and like doing all kinds of like karate moves and stuff. <laughs> you didn't suspect that that might not be Sarah Michelle Gellar? No, but just because of what was happening, I assume that's oh, not a yeah, skill yeah. she has, but I'm not like judging every curve of her body and and pointing okay, out like, you're so this person <laughs> what was this person's bazongos aren't is giant. Hey, what was the what was the I term what uh, yabos yabos, <laughs> yabos. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna try to explain away my creepy perverness with science so just say okay. like oh you know we're guys we're like scientifically we're supposed to notice yabos it's like, <laughs> <just> like <laughs> it's a survival strategy who will have the who's the best mating potential uh, i have to notice but uh the one thing i always notice though once i realize it's a stunt double scene it's always like how do they cover up the face that's what i really look for is like how good of a job do they do and usually you know, they do a pretty good job of not showing the face unless it's somebody falling downstairs. That's when it's like, what can you do? So you're like, well, that's just a different person. <laughs> so, so we'll have to do that too. Face watch for stunt doubles. That scene also was the most like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, wow, this is just like what we saw last week in the movie. Yeah, they should have hired Christy Swanson to do the stunt double work. She, <laughs> she needed something to do. <laughs> I was telling somebody last night that I watched the movie and they immediately were like, Oh, I hate Christy Swanson. It's like, what? <laughs> like, from what? From what? Well, apparently, as a person, she's like a crazy right-wing piece of shit. Uh, oh, so, well, then I guess I hate her, still, too. But still, like, I was like, how is this part of what you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That scene in the library was so weird. That just She was jumping around doing all these martial arts in the library as you do like just in the school library like couldn't anyone have walked in? and then like she's like fighting with giles like and like there's just windows and like, people walking by like wouldn't it be strange if someone just saw a student and a and the librarian in fisticuffs <laughs> <laughs> look what are you suggesting that they should pay money for another set yeah. uh yeah i guess <laughs> that is a stretch and you can definitely tell, too, from not only the intensity of Buffy's training, but just all of her various sullen glances and looks, that she's uh, 
she's a little freaked out about how she died last year. She's not quite over it, you know? Yeah, I, okay. I was like, what is wrong with her? What happened? And we were both, Julian was like, oh yeah, something happened. Like I was like, did, did, was there an interaction between her and Angel at the end of last season? Because she just like was so moody and I could not figure out why. I guess she died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think they kind of explained it in there. That she faced death, yeah. Yeah, later on, yeah, they explain it more clearly. I don't know, if I, that it jumped to mind for me, but I don't know. It's also, I think, too, because after we do these podcasts and then I edit them and I got to listen to every podcast a million times to make sure it all uploaded okay. So I've, I'm really, man, like I'm down with what's going on with Buffy, <laughs> more so than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, she died, of course, you know. So, uh uh, mm-hmm. And just also to get everybody up to speed of where things stand from season one, they got to bring up that the anointed one still kicking around. They're still acting like, oh, I guess we got to worry about him, even though they've still just done nothing to establish anything about why this guy is a threat or what he does or what his potential is. Just nothing. All, literally, they've just said, oh, he's the anointed one. He's a potentially dangerous and powerful. Oh, he's been anointed. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does nothing like it. We got a couple new creepy glances of like a child being a scary child. So I did like that, <laughs> but I agree. I, I wrote down like, is he going to be the master of the season? Like that overarching thing to look out for, which then I immediately wrote off because then the fucking master came back again. But anyway. I think he's just going to be a dapper young boy in a turtleneck. <laughs> I can't wait. Mm. A young British boy begging for porridge. <laughs> Please, Buffy. It's so great in the final episode of season seven when they finally kill him. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he was around the whole time? Just this fucking kid who never does anything. Like, weird teen by then. <laughs> His voice cracking. He actually is the young boy from Two and a Half Men. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's still like, after six years, he's still like, oh, they killed my daddy, my master daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had my porridge because they killed my daddy. <laughs> I will not eat until they bring my daddy back. That's some brilliant character work. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's kind of a cool scene where uh, Buffy talks about how she's been having these weird dreams and Willow's like, oh, I've been having dreams about Xander. Wait, no, not Xander. <laughs> but, you know, it just seems like a little whatever scene. And then Giles rolls in and just starts trying to kill Buffy. And it's because they were talking about dreams, but it was actually a dream Buffy was having. I'm like, oh, that's it was cool. That's pretty clever. Yeah, it was well done. I thought it was like good TV for compared to what we've seen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, and it's a lot easier to understand and swallow than the whole the B fiasco. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is like ah, it's just a dream. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's dreams are more believable than giant bees. <laughs> I'm never gonna forget that. Someone better mention it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Buffy wakes up from her creepy dream, and luckily, Angel's there to protect her by creepily watching her sleep. <laughs> so. Yeah, the first time they see each other in months, and he's just like, I've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time you invited me in? Bad move, because now I can just watch you sleep every night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he's only there to warn her about the fucking anointed one again, and she's <laughs> as bored of this as everyone else. She's like, I don't care. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, back at school, Buffy is extra mean to Cordelia, and that's when the gang finally starts to realize that something is off about Buffy. Like, she's been being kind of a jerk, and everyone's always mean to Cordelia, but she's just so mean that they're like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, very important question, though. Uh, how do you feel about Cordelia's hair update? Ah, geez, I didn't really notice. That's weird. I think I used <laughs> up as, uh, you know, most of my brain is focused on yabos. So sure. after I noticed Buffy's new hair and Miss Calendar's new hair, I had no more brain power left to notice anyone's new hair. Yeah, but her yabos are great. Or else you'd have to forget a few yabos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how was it? I don't know. How was her new hair? <laughs> she, it's like blonde now. She had darker hair. It's a completely different color. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was. I barely noticed. I was looking at her yabos. <laughs> oh, yeah. my Jesus. God. Yabos are the same. Yabos don't change color. Oh, well, not the way you do it. <laughs> you know, you've also forgot to bring up very important point. There's a black vampire. Yeah. There's a black man now, finally. Oh, yeah. Is he our first one? Yeah, I, guess, I was yeah, like, you're right. black vampire. That's just all my note says. I was very excited. Yeah, because I guess throughout the history of the show, there's been some black vampires, so it never occurred to me this was the first one. But yeah, there is very few. That's true. Interesting. Yeah. Are there people of color who aren't evil? Uh, hmm. Not in life, in this TV show. Oh, yeah. One of Riley's buddies, I think. Yeah, and there's a, a, a big spoiler that I can't tell you about. Yeah. So that's coming up soon. So you remember it, Julian? Yes, I do. There's some. But yeah, I think of vampires a lot like uh, like if you go see a punk band, there is always one black dude at the punk show. Yeah. But it is just a bunch of white people. And yeah, I always just feel like vampires are just white, pasty folk. <laughs> it's just how it tends to be. Cool. Although uh, it is a little white bread. Like even that was one thing that came up in uh, his space show, Firefly, where the whole deal with that show is that... Uh, it's like 50% London, 50% China. Like the, those are the two superpowers of the world and everyone speaks Chinese and yet there's no Asian people in that show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, weird. That's a little strange, right? I assume he was going to get to it, but he had like 13 episodes. That was a long run of just a lot of non-Asian people speaking Chinese. So that brings up like another question, like did the... Chinese culture take over and then there was some horrible eugenics war? Like what happened? It's just creepy and weird. So uh, this is the one and only time that a band I've heard of played at the Bronze, this band Shibomato. But the thing is, I didn't know them at the time. Like a few years after this, I started listening to this band and I saw someone post somewhere on the old school internet of like, oh, do you remember? That was that band that played at the Bronze when Buffy did her sexy dance. And I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. So technically, I've heard of this band, but not until about 2001. <laughs> so. You know what's crazy about this band? That they were playing at the bronze, okay? And I looked up, I was like, I wonder what that, what those words translate to. Do you have any idea what they translate to? Uh, no. no. It's very bronze appropriate. They translate to crazy food. No. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, incredible. That's <laughs> right? so good. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, in today's update of the weird things that the bronze serves, <laughs> The bronze was serving Briar's ice cream. Yeah, oh. ice cream in a little cardboard like container, and also Xander was drinking out of like like a paper cup, like something out of a, like a, a paper cup with no label on it or anything. I don't know. Gonna ask it again. The fuck is this place? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it seems like the original bronze was like '90s out of date throwback with all the butt rock bands. So I'm like, I guess this is a slightly better 
move that they're moving toward just kind of weird alternative bands but it's still weird yeah it's just a weird fucking place <laughs> yeah i mean they just really needed willow to have ice cream so that she could do the ice cream thing again like from a yep. narrative perspective oh yeah what if what if the bronze didn't even serve that what if they brought that in from the outside because they're just they refuse to give the bronze any money <laughs> <laughs> but they serve like coffee and stuff so it could have just been a cappuccino with foam mm. what's going on bronze yeah this is the stuff that keeps me awake at night. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, that's like if we ever got uh, corporate sponsored this podcast, instead of What the Fuck is the Bronze, that's the new title for that is What's Going On, Bronze? <laughs> 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 so yeah, Buffy does a sexy dance with Xander because she wants to make Angel jealous, and that's uh, just causing ripples all over the place because, you know, it's just, it's just how dare someone be expressive in any way when... Cordelia's there and Willow's there and everyone's watching. I, I assume Giles was there on the second floor, probably. Wait a minute. Are you really like sticking up for her and being like, how dare someone be expressive? Like she got a sudden bout of creativity and needed to rub her ass up on Sanders' dick? Well, again, I guess, yeah, I mean... I, I'm sort of in the middle because it's like, yeah, obviously she's acting like <laughs> she's acting like kind of an asshole, but everybody else is like really taking it hard. <laughs> and uh, and again, it's like, what is the bronze for if not for this? You know, you are not a reasonable human being. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, yes, <laughs> t- tell me about it. <laughs> but also, she knows that like her best friend is really into Xander, and she, you know, she could be a little, even if she did. You know, she can do whatever she wants, and she's an independent lady, and she's a sexual being. But it does seem a little disrespectful to, like, just sexy dance on her best friend's crush. Yes. So as a podcast, as a group, we're opposed to Buffy's sexy dance. Yes. I am. Yes. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) She's being a piece of shit. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, some vampires dig up the master's bones and they consecrated the ground, the gang did, you know, so it makes uh, the ground burn them and stuff. But luckily, they only buried these bones like a tenth of an inch deep. So it's (laughs) barely an inconvenience. (laughs) It's really no problem. Yeah, I had that written down too. Like, what a shallow grave. (laughs) (laughs) I had to justify it in my mind as like, maybe that's part of the magic spell. Maybe it has to be shallow for this magic spell. Because they barely, it's like bones and then one millimeter of dirt. It's weird too, right? Because like, as far as I know, this is the only vampire who ever left bones behind you know like it's a pretty big deal so like why bury it in the cemetery where everyone's buried the obvious place like shouldn't you go hide them somewhere and yeah these things should be like encased in 10 feet of concrete or something like or just smash them because apparently that's all you have to do yeah (laughs) yeah because we get to that but yeah all these bones like i'm not at all surprised how uh Remember I said at the end of season one, I'm like, oh, it's weird those bones are there and they never did anything with the bones. Now I see why I didn't remember because it's just some nonsense that happens in this one episode and then that's the end of those bones. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not surprised that I forgot about the the master's bones. Yeah. Uh, so back at school, we got another classic Snyder line where he's talking about Buffy and he's like, I smell trouble. I smell expulsion. And just the faintest aroma of jail. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's awesome. What a dick. <laughs> he's so good at being a dick. 
he's like i you know we're supposed to hate him but i also love all of his lines whenever i see him i'm excited and like he's fun yeah yeah giles has some line about like you really should believe in the children or whatever but yeah he truly does not <laughs> he hates kids so much <laughs> he's like yeah, he says like something like uh Given your abhorrence of children, do you think that principle is the right line of work for you or something like that? And it's like, yeah, that's a good point. You hate, like, your job is to care for children and you hate them. You hate being around them. You don't like the way they act. You just hate everything about them. So Cordelia and Miss Calendar get kidnapped. Uh, Buffy finds that the master's grave has been dug up and that they might need Buffy's blood for their revival ritual. And so in order to get Buffy... Uh, over to where they're doing the ritual, they just chuck a rock with a note tied to it through the window of the library. (laughs) And it didn't even have anything on the note. It was just Cordelia's necklace or bracelet or whatever. I guess, though, that makes sense, like, because it is the anointed one who's, like, their leader, right? So it's his dumb Dennis the Menace plan. Just throw throw the rock. Yeah, he probably did it with a slingshot. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, dude, they just fixed that place, too, and fucking vampires throwing rocks through the window. Why did we never get a spinoff? Like a spinoff of the uh, the Anointed One's uh, adventures of him just being a rapscallion. Yeah, it's just it's like a buddy cop thing or buddy comedy called The Anointed Two. <laughs> the Anointed One and Principal Snyder on a road trip across America. <laughs> <laughs> so since Cordelia and Miss Calendar got kidnapped, you know, they obviously got to go help him and stuff but Buffy Buffy's still just in a mood so she refuses the gang's help she just goes off on her own but Angel tags along to try to help her and this is this is a real sort of weird line of this line where Buffy's just insulting everyone in this episode so she's like oh is calling you a vampire offensive should I call you an undead American (sighs) which is like yeah it's like okay that's a little bit of a funny joke unless you take it that one step of like what is she referencing? And like, it's so easy to imagine bigot Buffy, who's just like, oh, I guess we call them Native Americans. Oh, vampire <laughs> yeah. Americans. Like, it's just like, as long as you don't think about what she's actually referencing, it's like, okay, that's funny. But, but yeah, that's a weird line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there will ever be a point where the weird lines stop happening. Like if we'll cross over into like people actually thought about what they said or if the show no i don't know when did the show in 2003 probably not yeah. no there's no way gilmore girls started in 2003 and it was full of inappropriate stuff like that yeah yeah but amy sherman paladino's canceled now is she no just kidding but i broke your heart for a second didn't i <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone right i believe it like who knows oh my god like literally any random day yeah, you could just there was even just recently uh we were talking a bit about how uh Joss Whedon always gets fucked with and his stuff was always getting, you know, messed with and stuff. Uh, Yeah, more and more stories are starting to come out about him being hard to work with and people that don't like him. And it's like, oh, yeah, maybe so maybe he is sabotaging himself a little. But I'm not at all surprised to hear those stories. Like, it must be a nightmare making anything. (laughs) I was thinking that especially like with fiction, since it's so uh, subjective, you know, like you can only have the debate for so long before you have to tell people like, listen, we're just going to do it my way because and that's it, (laughs) you know. So I assume some of that went on with Joss Whedon. But uh, so uh, while Buffy was distracted uh, saying weird bigot things to Angel, (laughs) the the whole library gang gets kidnapped, except Xander, because they had to leave someone behind to uh, guilt trip Buffy (laughs) when she returned. Yeah. Well, they they left him behind because he wasn't one of the people who was close by at his, at uh, the master's death, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how they explained it. I found that a little confusing. So yeah, like they needed people that were close to the master, so they don't need Xander or Buffy 
or they knew Buffy would come. They needed a convenient a convenient way to kidnap everyone else so that Buffy would have to save them. Because Xander and Angel and Buffy... Yeah, right, they were dealing with the Master. Yeah. Or they were on the way... See, I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand the delineation of who was around and who That's wasn't. Clear. I feel like everyone was involved in the Master's death, but I don't know, whatever. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think because everyone else was in the library, right? Weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I it's like, know. yeah, who knows? <laughs> And yeah, this is where it's, I kind of miss that it's almost a shame that like mean Buffy is really only in this episode. Like at the end of the episode, she's already like, oh, I'm sorry to everyone because mean Buffy is fucking awesome. She puts a cross in a vampire's mouth to torture her for information and it fucking works. (laughs) That's badass. Yeah, that scene was really cool, but very uncomfortable (laughs) seeing her like watching her torture somebody. Oh, I was a little discomforted, but it was cool. But yeah, they, uh, she, and I guess it's like maybe a pet peeve and it's stupid and nitpicky, but it's one of those movie things where like when people take off a necklace, they just always tear it off their body, like with such anger. And then like in the next scene after the torture, she's like wearing the necklace again. And it's like, no, that necklace is broken. You need to take that to a jeweler. Like that is, <laughs> you can just tear a necklace off and then be like, all right, now time to put it back on. I like how we're all, we're, uh, we're honing in on our expertise where mm-hmm. I could be the Yabo correspondent. Uh, Ryan can notice the haircuts. Uh, Mike's the uh, accessories <laughs> yeah. master. And famous Ju- Julian's keeper of the bronze. <laughs> what is this place? <laughs> um, I like to correct what you said. It is not haircuts that I noticed. It's um hair color. Oh yeah, it's true. Highlights and such. Because yeah, I guess yes. I did notice most of the haircuts. You did. You did that. <laughs> you know what? We're in 1997 now. Is that right? 97. You know, we're coming. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. quickly, quickly approaching the era of frosted tips. So let's all look forward to that. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm so excited. I did notice, too, that uh, Willow didn't get a haircut, but that just seemed weird to bring up who didn't get a haircut, but I did notice. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like her hair doesn't change at all. It ever does. She's definitely still in her uh, overalls period. So, yeah, yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, you know, she's she's got a lot of growing to do, though. So nice. I'm so excited to see new characters. I cannot wait. And I hope it happens soon. I think we're going to see some new ones pretty soon. Yeah. Next episode, they clone the anointed one like six times. Oh, my (laughs) God. Six creepy babies. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's the backdoor pilot for the spinoff. Yeah. Actually, now that I say it, that would be a really funny episode. It's too bad they never did that. <laughs> that would have been the only good thing the anointed one ever did. So then we get to our requisite big fight scene of the episode. Buffy beats everybody up. One of the vampires threatens Buffy, and Buffy says, So are you going to kill me, or are we just making small talk? And that enrages the vampire, because <laughs> they realize, like, Fuck, I am just making small talk. <laughs> yeah, and then after the fight, like Rand mentioned, or somebody mentioned, uh, like Mike mentioned, I'll edit in whichever name is appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> just say all three names, and you'll be good. Uh, Buffy just smashes the master's bones, which, yeah, just seems weird. Like, if you could do this in the first place, I guess she does have super slayer strength, but if you can just smash these bones, then smash them. Don't do all this weird burying, and don't give people their attempts and opportunities to uh, bring the master back to life. I just felt like the master's bones was just nonsense. Yeah. Vampires should not leave behind their bones when they die. So uh, it was just a whatever. Vampires live in the cemetery. 
And they're like, well, let's bury these bones in the one place they'll never find them, in their own home. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always the last place you look. Oh, shit, it was the first place they looked. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it being like, oh, he was a special vampire. He was a master. He was like, had whatever. He Maybe he leaves bones and others don't. Like, I can get past that. But, yeah, I can't get past the fact that if destroying them was a perfectly valid option, why didn't they just do that? To begin with. Yeah. Giles should have been looking through his book and he's got his big long ritual and do this and consecrate whatever. And then he just flips the page and the first sentence on the next line is, or smash them. Like, oh shit, oh, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't read that part. I didn't even flip. <laughs> oh man, and that scene too where she like, you know, cathartically smashes the master's bones is just drowned in cheesy piano music. It's like, whoa. <laughs> like they turned up the volume. They cranked it. Yeah, they really wanted the viewers to feel something. And it was like slowly by slowly, more of the characters were entering the scene <laughs> yeah. and having this like it was like I didn't I guess I wasn't I wasn't in the space where I was thinking about like oh, wow, she died, so she's going through some shit right now. I'm like, why are they trying to make me feel things? Just smash the bones and move on. Well, I mean, that's because you weren't paying attention. <laughs> you can't blame that on the episode. <laughs> that was explained pretty clearly. I don't know. I think, though, it is fair to say, though, that, yeah, they were going for the big moment, but I think we just proved that everyone was just sarcastically and analytically considering what's going on with these bones. That's all anyone was thinking about. Yeah. yeah. No, they definitely <laughs> didn't knock it out of the park. That's for sure. Yeah. So yeah, badass Buffy, you know, is passed back into nice Buffy. And, uh, you know, she's just, she shows up at school. She's a little like, oh, I hope that everyone's not mad at me. But then they just have witty banter with Willow and Xander. And that's that. And then even more cheesy and even cornier and louder music plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that's going to pass eventually. Like, it won't pass entirely. But I remember there was, like, piano music from season five that was so good. It was called The Gift. I, like, downloaded it from, like, Napster or whatever and, like, listened to it on purpose. So at some point between now and season five, the music gets good. But at this point, it's just fucking corny as hell. <laughs> it's like, dude. Yeah, it was really heavy in that scene, which it didn't really need to be. They were really trying to drive it home. Like, she's, you know, she was dealing with having died and you know she was facing her demons both metaphorically and actual demons wow. and she's conquered them and everything's everything's okay because she's alive and what matters is that she's spending time with her friends and building relationships with people because life is for the living Okay, we get it. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but yeah, it is yeah, very uh this whole episode like was very it is different coming at it, too, from knowing where the show's going, where I think that's probably one reason why, like, me and Mike and maybe Julian, I don't know, are a little more enthusiastic about where things are going because we can feel it going that way. Where, like, in Rayanne's case, yeah, like, what's the difference? This is still basically the same show, and it's not subtle. Like, I can see why you're not right away like, oh, yeah, here we go, like, because... There's a lot of weird shit going on still in this show. Yeah. Like, if we jumped you to an episode in the middle of season five, I think you would be pretty shocked. <laughs> I'm really curious because I don't think we all have a lot of overlap with the shows we watch, other than Mike and I completely overlapping with shitty reality. <laughs> yeah, oh like yeah, that's, hell yeah. That, I think, is the big thing. Otherwise, like, I do not think... Oh, and Gilmore Girls for Keith and I, but even then, he watched, like, three seasons and then gave up. Right. And Julian, the overlap is that he um, is a simple boy who will get sucked into anything. 
But like our, all of our comfort or default shows are not the same or like there's no overlap with me. So I think if you guys all are like really hard about a show, I am not as hard. And I'm just like really curious to see if I do, if this is something where I would be like looking forward to watching it. I guess it's like part of it is also just, you know, your own mindset like i mean it's definitely a cult show right it's like if you're more susceptible to like getting sucked into these like kind of cult worlds like you know the show really creates a world and a lore and everything else and that's what people like really get attached to if that doesn't matter to you then maybe you might not feel the same way yeah it's part of that and it's also like so much of what i watch is so stupid and mindless And it's not that this is like a super intelligent show, but you do have to pay attention. And it's clear that I have trouble even when I'm not doing anything and I'm trying to take notes. I still cannot remember things that are happening. So (laughs) it's it's just not a show that like relaxes me at all. Yeah, this isn't a show that I would say would be a Rayanne show. Like, yeah. We've been together a while, and this is not one of the shows that I would present to her and say, like, hey, let's watch this together. Because, (laughs) like, I don't think you typically go for genre-type shows. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of a barrier there that we'll need to see if we can get you over. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think the the teen dramaness of this show... Yeah. ...really helps with that. Yes, for sure. I love that. The, The sexy dance... I fucking loved it. Like, that was so good. Willow, this whole episode, incredible. Even though Bones... Okay, here's the deal with Bones. Which Bones are we talking about? Bones the man. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Bones the man. He only exists to be in their world. Yet he is just at the bronze talking to other people. No, he doesn't have other friends. It doesn't make any sense. They look over and they're like, oh, Bones is here. And then they continue on. I don't, it's very confusing. I do like it though. I love the sexual tension. It's the best part. I am also sort of starting to realize too, it's like this show, um, it's weird because it's like it's trying to hit so many different things. Like there's so many different things people like about it. But I don't think there's anybody that likes everything about Buffy. Like we were just saying how we could give one fuck about the fight scenes. Like who cares? But yeah, so this thing's got to juggle. It's got fight scenes. It's got they've really amped up already. It can feel like they turned up the knob on Willow and Xander's witty banter. Like maybe that'll be like a Gilmore Girls thing is like they say clever shit like way more than a human could. And that's going to keep amping up. So I like that, too. But then it's got like yet yeah, high school stuff and then it's got the weird are you afraid of the dark stuff and it's got vampire romance and yeah. it's like trying to do so many things. And yeah, I don't think anybody just flat out likes Buffy. There's always things about it that they're like, oh, well, that part sucks, but this part's good. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Man, I was going to say, too, this is jumping back a few minutes now, but that's another little secret weapony thing. Like part of this, too, was just like you know, let's just do a podcast because it's just fun to hang out. Like, it it really, in a weird way, it doesn't really matter if Rand likes the show or not, as long as she keeps doing the podcast. Like, that's really what's important. Yeah, I (laughs) I don't think the whole point of this is to, like, turn me into a Buffy fan, is it? No, it's just to have someone fun to talk about Buffy about. Because really, yeah, it's just mostly me and Mike just wanted to watch Buffy again. So it's like, (laughs) let's bring our friends along. But the other secret weapon aspect is I love that Julian just turns on random TV all the time. Because you were saying, like, yeah, you know, Bones just happen to be on because Julian was watching it. Or if, like, we need an Earth Final Conflict reference. Hell yeah. 
yeah. Julian knows what that that show is. And like that's awesome. Like I love just having the person around that if you just pull any TV reference probably Julian knows something about it. And that's very handy. Listen, I've been working on getting references for uh, Canadian police procedural uh, Hudson and Rex, which <laughs> is a cop show about a detective and his dog partner, who is his actual partner mm-hmm. in St. John's Newfoundland. Oh, and nice. let me let me tell you, I am going to accidentally start watching every episode of that show. <laughs> and I'm, I'm suckered in because I am... Uh, I w- always wait for when they have extras. They're like from Newfoundland, so off- they often have accents. And then at least once an episode, they show off some of the land. So I'm just in it to see St. John's. That's all I give a fuck about. I'm like, and also it's it's fucking dog. And I just love to say that the dog's name is Hudson and the man's name is Rex. And that's my <laughs> that's my fun gaff. Uh, geez, just for a second, I, can you believe I almost forgot? I'm like, how do we end these podcasts again? Julian. (laughs) Yes, hello. Sir. Do you need me to do something? Uh, You know, I was just, uh, was a little confused about my own thoughts, really. I need someone else to clear up my own thoughts about the beginning of Buffy season two. Yeah. And I thought maybe somebody who's like an accredited uh, thought wrangler (laughs) could wrangle my thoughts and express them back to me about this episode well i mean if you wanted to um to get somebody who was perfectly eloquent to wrap that up i guess that could be me um you know um (laughs) we we're starting off with this the second season of buffy you know sometimes buffy is like a moldy piece of bread and some stuff grows on top of it and that stuff is actually pretty good well you shouldn't eat the actual moldy bread but you should definitely um watch the buffy moldy bread so listen um it's it's pretty good so far (laughs) You're an idiot. <laughs> Someday someone's going to cut all of those together into one super cut. It'll be horrible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, if we actually make it through this entire show, there's going to be like a 90 minute <laughs> super cut. I just, I want that played at my funeral. Okay. Like, <laughs> done and done. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can get it ready for next week, but we'll try. <laughs> oh, fuck. You're going to die. <laughs> Ah, all right, so I guess we might as well just uh, fucking get rolling with this shit then, eh? Let's fucking get rolling with this shit, dude. <laughs> I think we should get rolling with Let's this shit. Let's get rolling. Rolling, rolling, uh, What? I, you know what? I resisted. I was like, I'm not going to do it. But Yeah, I, I don't have shame. I have no shame. <laughs> you know what's sad about that is uh, yet another just cut segment. I always cut these parts where we just blab about random shit. Um, How dare you? But, like, me and my cousin were legitimately Limp Bizkit fans, like, from the first album. <laughs> he had a tattoo and everything and when Roland came out we thought it was a joke we're like nah this isn't the real single and then it became their biggest single and it's like well he knew what he was doing but what a terrible goddamn song that's how I felt when Weezer came out with um, We Are All on Drugs oh yeah I was like this is parody like this has got to be like a weird satire or something this doesn't feel right even um, fucking Hashpipe like it's a great song but it's not a Weezer song you know that was well I mean it is like it really was like the beginning of of them moving away from that sound they had but it's still like that song's a jam I like that song oh yeah it's but, like awesome. we are all on drugs and the video was very bizarre like it really didn't 
it was the first time it felt like they were making fun of themselves. The one that really killed me, because I think it was that same album, I think it was right before that, is uh, it was when I worked in that porn store in Vancouver, so I was listening to the radio all day, and you're not supposed to listen to one radio station all day. You hear the same song eight times, mm. and that's when Beverly Hills was the single, <sighs> and I did not enjoy that song. And I'm like, oh, geez, Weezer, you're really making it tough on me here. Like, I still like you guys, but what the fuck? Yeah. I hate this song. Do you think Weezer liked Roland? I bet Rivers did for sure. You should have asked him when you met him. (laughs) Wait, wait, Mr. Cuomo, I have just just one quick question. (laughs) Don't don't push me out of this room. I have a question for you, sir. Do you like the song Rollin' by Limp Bizkit? I promise you he'd answer it. Yeah, like he's about to not, you know, pay you any mind, but you're like, it concerns Rollin'. And his, 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 like, eyebrows perk up. What did you say? (laughs) Don't you fucking say that name to me again. Wait, no, no, let her stay for a second. He pins you against the wall with his with his hand on your neck. What did you say? You say it one more time. He just gets bionic strength when the mention of Limp Bizkit comes up. He like small little rivers lifts me up by the neck and is like, finish the sentence. You know what? I'm going to put this at the end. I'll put it at the end as a bonus bit because I liked our talks about Roland. (laughs)